This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> so welcome to my asshole brain. Today's topic is going to be aging because Stephanie and I share a birthday month in March and we thought that in order to celebrate our birthdays, we were going to talk about how terrible it is to grow old. <laughs> and the constant wearing down of our bodies and minds. Exactly. Exactly. So, happy birthday to us. Yay, we're getting older. Now, I do have 10 years on you, though. So, I am actually a little further into the You're aging process. Significantly older and more decrepit, yes. Exactly. <laughs> significantly. <laughs> Thank you for using that word. <laughs> Not just a little. I mean, it is a full decade. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Because aren't you turning, are you turning 35 this year? 36. 36. Oh, yeah. no, so we're only nine years apart. She's still really old, don't let <laughs> <laughs> Which, you can tell anyway, because every time I make references from my childhood, you have that blank look on your face and you never, like, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, that's one of the only things, like, otherwise we're pretty together on references and Yeah, things. yeah, because I think, because we have a lot of the same likes and even a lot of the stuff that I grew up with was still kind of popular like yeah thanks to reruns <laughs> and I also have always figured because I have my parents are older than a lot of my other friends parents and so I've always thought that kind of affected my you know ability to seem sound older than I really yeah. am because my parents are old as fuck so do you think that that kind of made you more mature than other kids because and there's so stuff old. I remember or stuff things I'll talk about that people will be like you're too young to know those things and I'm like well I know about them because of my parents so I think I think it does kind of make a big difference. Yeah. And I think my kids have, growing up around parents who would watch movies from years and years ago, you know, just because they were our favorites, I think that they've also been able to kind of, even though we're not significantly older, I was only 23 when I had my yeah. first, but um, we, you know, would talk about stuff from growing up and they had exposure to that. So they were still kind of able to catch on to yeah. Older and references. My father is the king of nostalgia, so every story he tells is, you know, based out of the 1950s. Wow. So how old was that? Was that he grew up then when, when was he, he born? He was born 50. Oh, okay. But he's, you know, one of these people, he doesn't understand why bread isn't still 50 cents a loaf kind of thing. <laughs> oh, so, isn't that precious? Yeah, so, you yeah, know, I have crotchety old people for parents. As opposed to other people who don't have crotchety old people's parents, I guess. I don't know. Well, yours were crotchety. Mine were crotchety when I was a kid as opposed to the people who just get crotchety old parents later. As they get older. My parents have always been old and crotchety. I remember my mom saying about her parents, they were in their 30s when they had kids, which in the 40s was actually behind the times, right? So they were kind of older than a lot of her parents. But she and my dad have joked up. on more than one occasion that my parents, my grandparents were sort of always old right. because they were just, oh, they just behaved like they were old even before they really were. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if a old person mentality. Yeah. So if, if age really is a mindset, they fell into that mindset relatively quickly. Yeah. I've definitely gotten more immature as I've gotten older, which I guess is good. Sort of. Maybe. I don't know. In, in what ways? I'm way less responsible now than I was when I was, like, a teenager in early 20s. Really? (laughs) Like, I mean, I guess not really in the sense that, you know, I do have a full-time job and I have an apartment, but I don't know. All the things that I feel like I should be doing at this age, I'm like, eh, none of that sounds interesting. Yeah. 
And I, but I mean, you don't necessarily have to. You don't, you don't have kids. You don't have obligations to anybody that require you to be mature. So does it really matter as and long then, as you meet your? And that's the excuse. <laughs> that's the excuse I go with. Like I'm not beholden to anyone yeah. else. So as long as you're I meeting, can get your, away with it. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't. You're meeting your financial obligations. Right. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know that that really yeah. matters. But I think you know maturity is is something that we often combined with age but in truth you can have people who are mature very young and then some people that never really mature All right, in any way so yeah. those are, that's definitely kind of a separate yeah, topic they, even they though are not the, the same, same thing despite the fact that people always equate them to yeah no they're not at, not all. at all and I think that you can be someone who can be very mature in some ways and very immature in others kind of like you said you know yeah. you're mature enough that you can adult in some ways in terms of having a job and having yeah. your own place and but in other ways it I just doesn't down, interest I you. I hold down the bare minimums of adulthood. There you go. <laughs> Again, but as long as you're not letting other people down, you don't yeah. have kids you're neglecting or and then I just don't I don't see it as a, a problem. Yeah. To be perfect. I'm saying I know people that are very much you know of the mindset you're an adult so you shouldn't do those things, you shouldn't do these things. And my thinking is the same. As long as you're meeting your obligations and not and I mean hell technically if you want to be a complete hobo at the age of 40 that's technically up to you too I guess right I mean Um, that's the lifestyle I wouldn't count on other people to take care of you yeah like that I do have an issue with that I have an issue with the idea like I don't want to grow up I don't want to have to work in an office I don't want a real job I want to pursue my passions but then you like live off the state (laughs) or your parents or your parents in your life that We'll put up with that shit. Right. So I, I, I think it's great if you can have the freedom to pursue your dreams, but you still got to sort of find a way to pay your way at the yeah. very least. Like, it's not fair that you get to live off of other people's dime while the rest of us do the hard work. Right. The rest of us are being adults, goddammit. You have to pull some weight, too. That's, this is bullshit. Yeah. I just, at the very least, just pay your own damn bills. Yeah. You know, other than that, I don't really care. Technically, my issue falls into it when you do have obligations like kids and that's when I get frustrated when you see people who are like no I still want to go and do whatever the fuck I want to do despite the fact that I have children at home and the kids then become either solely one parent's responsibility because they always have to be the grown-up while the other one gets to go do whatever or Or, nobody's responsible or nobody's responsible which is the really tragic uh option or they you know, pawn them off on family or or friends because these people want to go I live mean, their I'm a non-parent, dreams. obviously, but I can understand that desire because kids are fucking exhausting and a lot of work, but, I mean, it's still immature. Like, I get that it's, I, I think most parents would like to be able to just fuck off for a while and not oh, yeah. deal with their kids. Unfortunately... That's not generally an option, right? Well, I guess it is an option, but it's a horrible option. It's not one we approve of. Yeah. Well, I mean... (laughs) There are too many children in the system as it is. Please do not fuck off and abandon your children. And we kind of covered this. Unless you're a bad parent already, then please do. Then please do. (laughs) But the... And this is something that we've also talked about before with parenting, so we certainly don't have to rehash this again. Right. But... I have absolutely no issue with people who want like a good balance between parenting and also pursuing things that they care about. I think that's important to make you a whole person. Being a person, right? That I think is great. It's when when you get to do it all the time. Yeah, uh, that's the extent of where I say, okay, that then you need. That's where maturity and sacrifice has to come into it. 
So, but I guess to get some of the the sciencey stuff out of the way, when I was researching this, it was actually kind of a depressing topic <laughs> for me because in some ways it's actually been the last five years that I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm getting older because I'm beginning to see those signs, like the things where before I it was just a concept of something that would happen further down the road, but but I didn't have to worry about it yet. And now one... That's future Amanda. Right, <laughs> and not present Amanda. Well, now future Amanda is starting to become present Amanda. So there's certain things that I'm beginning to see and notice that freak me out a little bit. And especially seeing my own parents struggle with different types of age-related illnesses yeah. has been a real eye-opener for me as well. I think that really brings it home because you, you know, you have to, you see them and what they're dealing with and you have to recognize, oh shit, they're actually getting older, which also means, oh shit, I'm getting yeah. older. And it, and I'm genetically <laughs> attached to these people. So yeah. the things they're going through could very well be things I'm going to go through. Oh dear. Yes. God. And that's the other side of it too. Yeah. Like one, it's hard to see it happening to them, but then there's the other side of it is, is this my future as well? Yeah. Especially if it is something that is genetic and Fortunately, the thing that I found which was comforting is that as I was doing my research that it should come as no surprise to anybody that there are certain things that get worse as you get older physically and mentally. So what's going on in your brain, because we like to talk about that aspect of it, is yeah, you, things do kind of slow down. Um, you do, actually your brain shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> which we talked about before and you also you get like a reduction of blood flow to your brain um, sometimes due to illness you can have increased inflammation reduced communication between neurons so things don't fire as well um, and the areas of the brain that are responsible for complex thought can um, those, those are the areas that can shrink up and so that's a little scary there and you even begin to lose neurons as early as your late 20s, and your memory begins to decline in the mid-30s. So you're actually already <laughs> dealing with oh, some dear. of this. And I, I do feel that sometimes. Honestly. Yeah. And reasoning, memory, and verbal fluencies begin to decline in my age group. Uh, in your 60s, you're, that's when your brain starts shrinking. <laughs> and your chances of having Alzheimer's increase in the 70s and 80s. And then also if you're female, you get to, in your 40s and 50s, you get to experience menopause, which can, because of the hormonal fluctuations, can, can also impact memory and cognition. The good news about this, though, <laughs> is that a lot of the things that we think are inevitable with aging aren't, that they can actually be prevented. So yes, you're going to have a certain amount of mental and physical decline, but a lot of that can be improved or staved off with diet and exercise and especially mental activity and that's one thing that I kept seeing over and over was treat your brain like a muscle if you continue to to be active and, and work it out it will stay stronger and flexible whereas if you don't then it will decline yeah, faster. crossword puzzles and brain games and that kind mm -hmm. of thing and even people who did show a reduction in the ability to think as quickly could improve that with certain exercises to their brain and and even things like dementia are, are not the normal process of aging usually if you have dementia it's because something's wrong so it's not that we all have that to look forward to and I think most people think that way once you hit your 60s or 70s well they're gonna be they're gonna get dementia that's yeah. just part of being old not actually no it's not uh, I remember that my grandparents were 
still the ones that I knew as they got older were still sharp. My grandmother was still very sharp up until till the day she died. Yeah. So she didn't have that decline. Yeah, and my grandmother will be 93 this year and she's still she's still pretty mentally on on spot. Yeah. Mind. She really doesn't have any I mean she has memory issues but everybody does, you know. As so, you get older but it's nothing. She doesn't do things where like, "Oh, Granny's getting Alzheimer's. Yeah. And there's nothing like that. Yeah, and that's another one that, that there is, a, you know, a fear that that's something that'll kind of inevitably happen to everyone, and it doesn't. And even some of the stuff I looked at in terms of exercise and continuing to be mentally active can help with Alzheimer's as well. It's not just dementia. So that's and there's they're learning new stuff about that all the time. So this idea that we're all going to become senile is is not necessarily going to happen and there are things that you can do in your life to to hold that off so that was very encouraging to me to see that because there's some hope yeah there is and and because that's one of the things I understand that there are certain things that are unavoidable but a lot of health issues and a lot of mental issues that people develop as they age are things that they could minimize or even not experience altogether if they take certain precautions in terms of exercise and diet and Right. Smoking, of course, is one that they say is really bad for you in, in many, many ways. So if you if you remain healthy and active and social, too, that's the other thought. And that's something we talked about, too, is like happiness and uh, as you get older and, and being child-free is yeah. a lot of times people are concerned, like, oh, you're not going to have people to take care of you. But actually, is they still have very healthy social lives a lot of times. And that is something else that can contribute to yeah. mental health as you get older. And mental sharpness because you continue to interact with people. Yeah, yeah, the interaction, and that's my mother is pretty well housebound at this point, um, and the lack of social interaction definitely has affected her health and her mental sharpness. I would say. Yeah, and I and one of the things that I was afraid of too is the decline of happiness because I thought that as you get older, because you're dealing with like the different the inevitable cognitive decline and the inevitable physical decline that that meant that you were going to just become sadder as you got older too. And that's not necessarily (laughs) how depressing, right? So that, that was something else that I found that's not necessarily the case for everybody again. And it really comes down to your, your lifestyle. Now, the thing that I saw that was kind of shocking, but you have to put it into perspective is the highest suicide rate is among people who are 85 or older, which really surprised me. But what was it? 74% of those suicides occur after a visit to a primary care physician. And so the site that I saw that didn't necessarily spell it out, but it's, it makes me wonder if most of those are because they've gotten a diagnosis that led them to end their lives. Right, you know, something terminal or something progressive. Parkinson's or, 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 or something that may lead to a decline that frightened them. And there's all kinds of diseases that I'm sure we could list off that would make people right. very afraid to continue. And is, I mean, I think that's what I heard about Robin Williams because he'd gotten a pretty bad diagnosis that was going to lead to whatever. I can't remember what it I was. I think it was something, a, a dementia related thing. Yeah. As I understand, and I think there was going to be a physical decline with that as well. It was yeah. inevitable and it was 
going to be very sad and yeah. he decided that he just didn't want to go out that way and yeah, didn't so want to didn't want to do that or put his family through it either, yeah so. and that that was really what led him to decide to end it so in that circumstance obviously it's tragic and, and it's very sad but they're not it sounds like they're not doing it because they're so profoundly depressed from being old it sounds like it's because of a, a very bad and, and, and frightening yeah. uh, medical diagnosis that makes them Something decide... Something will make them depressed and sad yeah. and feeling old. And and because of that, they decide to take it into their own hands. And to be entirely honest, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a I, problem with people deciding to end lives, their own lives, not other people's, sorry, <laughs> for people deciding to end their lives on their own terms in those situations. And I, I'm very much of that mindset too, especially, you know, with people who get illnesses and they become just incapable of doing anything. And the idea, I think, I would imagine when you get to that age, I mean, because I kind of feel that way now, the idea of having a choice in something and then being, you know, getting so much further into an illness and being beholden to the desires of the people around you mm-hmm. and obviously you, your family members can't help you end things because that you know hits a gray area that is a whole nother issue yeah. so you have that dignity of choosing to go out as you said on your own terms yeah there is a society that i can't remember the name of there is an episode of criminal which is another podcast um, hosted by Phoebe Judge. She has an amazing voice. It's very soothing, and it's funny (laughs) to listen to her talk in that very soothing voice about very bad things. (laughs) But she spoke to a woman who helps people in their own lives, and there is, I don't know if society is the right word, but there's a group. Network. Yeah, that will help people do that, and they have a system of doing it so that the people can do it themselves because if you actually assist them, then it's considered murder and you could get in trouble. But they will be there with you and they will counsel you on how to do it. And it's a way where basically you go to sleep. So it's very, it's painless. And they'll sit with you to make sure that it's it's done. Um, and they'll provide support to the family. And they're kind of like angels of death, actually, that who are there to help you ease your way out of life. Cross into the rainbow bridge. Or, yeah. 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 And I just think that's actually pretty lovely. And I think a lot of people would be bothered by that. But when she talked about the people she's helped and the diagnoses that they've had, you understand why they want to make that decision. I mean, yeah. who wants to die in horrible agony because of a disease that eats away at you? Or who wants to forget who you are and your loved ones are? I have a fear. And this might be completely ridiculous, but... I'm Steve's second wife, and I have a fear that he's going to get some form of, like, dementia, and he's going to forget who I am because you you forget the newer stuff yeah, sooner, you right? Yeah, you go back to younger, right. er, like younger periods <laughs> exactly. in your life generally, yeah. So you remember stuff from longer ago, <laughs> and so I have a fear that he's going to be like, who the fuck are you? Where's my wife? And I'm going to be like, but I'm your wife! It's me! You're married to me! And he's gonna be like, no, I'm not! Who are you? I mean, unfortunately, (laughs) it could happen. My my grandmother had Alzheimer's and she had no idea who my mother was. When my mother and when my mother would say, I'm your daughter, she I don't have children. She was very adamant about it. And she has 
three children or had three children. Mm-hmm. So my mom would be like, I'm your daughter. And she's like, I don't have children. My mom would be like, the fuck? <laughs> then why am I here? Right? Why am I bothering if you're not my mother? Um, I guess I'm off the hook. I'm going to have to come visit right. anymore. Bye. <laughs> and we can joke about it, but that's actually really it's, sad. Yeah, it's, and, you know, again, with my grandmother, there are things now where we joke and it's it was funny. Like, mm-hmm. you little things she would do. And you're like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah. It was funny because, yeah. you know, she didn't remember anything. And so... In retrospect, and now, you know, you could, we can look at it and, you know, find some humor in it. But, yeah, it's it's not overly funny. No, it, because you're losing the person that you love, and they're losing everyone, yeah. too. And also, if it is Alzheimer's, a lot of times there's a lot of physical decline. Yeah. And it can take them a long time to die from it. Yeah. And that is what's really hard to watch. My... My step-grandmother died from it, and she was such a lovely person, and I spoke about her in the episode we were talking about step-family, and it was, I only saw her at the very, very beginning, because she lived in California, and, you know, we're here in Ohio, and I wasn't able to make the trip, and even when we would go visit my mom's stepdad, they lived like three and a half hours away, so I didn't see her when she really started to decline, and I'm kind of grateful for that, because I heard enough stories. And there were a couple times when I saw her, like she forgot who I was at one point. And when I went to my um, older stepsister's wedding, she, my step-grandmother wasn't sure who I was at first. Right. But then she remembered and it was okay after that. And at the time it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny that that happened. But it was also a little scary and a little sad because we, I think, recognized because her own mother had had it, that, right. oh, God, this could be the beginning of something really terrible. And it ended up taking years after she just passed away a couple years ago. And, and my stepsister got married, like, uh, 12 years ago. So yeah. th- it was, like, maybe a decade where she was... My grandma, I think, lived 15 years from the initial diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it was one of those things... There really wasn't anything wrong with her physically. Like mm-hmm. she had no physical health issues, but as time went on, things became an issue as far as her mental abilities. Mm-hmm. So by the time she did die, she really didn't talk anymore. She really wasn't able to move. Like yeah. she was kind of just bedridden. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't from anything physical. There was nothing wrong with her physically, but it was all just from the mental decline. Yeah. They can they can become just a shell and just yeah cease to be able to communicate yeah. and kind of she fold in able, She wasn't able to feed herself or to eat, like, yeah. so they had to do a feeding tube. So, you know, all the... But again, there was nothing wrong with her. Like, anybody else would be like, oh, she's healthy as a horse. Yeah. Other than that brain thing. Because yeah. let's face it, when your brain's fucked, it's the boss of everything. Right, so. it runs the show. <laughs> when, it, when it decides to check out, you're, there's not much that you right. can do. And that really scares me. Although, I, I don't know. I have to ask myself, so which would be worse? Like, losing your mental fac- faculties and forgetting everybody uh, and losing your memories or ha- being completely sharp still but then losing yeah. the, the physical and kind of being trapped inside of this body while still being completely aware. Right. I think either way, just I'm gonna fucking say, kill me. Yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> neither, I don't think there's one good or the other. It's kind of, you know. This one has these downsides, and this one has these downsides, yeah. and there's no positives either way. That's a really terrible game of would you rather. Right. <laughs> I don't want to even... Like, no, no, no. I would rather not anything. None of those. Just take me out, and that's why I support, yeah. like, 
physician-assisted suicide or organizations like that one where they have volunteers who help people kill themselves. And I know a lot of people, I I understand the, the religious objections to it or even the idea of, well, you're playing God, but let's be honest here. Humans play God all the time. Every time we take medications or we use machinery to keep people alive who otherwise would die if if they didn't have access to those man-made things, yeah. you could argue we're actually playing yeah, I'm God. Say it's all the same thing, just differing you know, points on a spectrum. Right. But for some reason, people think it's okay to play God to prolong a life, right. but it's not okay to play God when deciding to, to end to, to one. shorten one. Which is, yeah. it seems contradictory to me. I also always go with the thing like, okay, if you believe in God, then God created all of these options. Yeah, he gave us the, the he gave capability. Us the, yeah, he gave us the ability to do all these things. Right. So it's fine. To, to create medications and yeah. and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I certainly don't even want to get into a, t- a religious debate because that's a slippery slope. Yeah. And I understand and that's respect. That's a whole different thing yeah. you don't want to touch. Right, and I, I respect other people's opinions on that, and I understand where they're coming from. I just personally know that as I get older and I watch people around me get older, that I am very, very afraid of not being able to enjoy my life for a long period of time before I finally die. And that's why I made major life changes for myself, lifestyle changes in regards to exercise and losing some weight because I want to make sure that I am um, healthy enough and strong enough to be able to continue to do things as I get older. Not just for me, but for my, I don't want to be a burden to my family. And I don't know if I'm going to have enough, I mean, let's face it, teachers don't make a shit ton of money. So I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to pay for long-term care. Because I also, I, I don't want to be a burden to my kids, but I'm also terrified of being put like in a nursing, nursing home, home or something. Because you hear so many horror stories. Right. There's just, there don't seem to be a lot <laughs> of good options. Yeah, there are no, there are no good options. So I guess I'm just going to drive myself off a cliff or something like that. I don't know. We can do it together, like Thelma and Louise. That's right. But you would have, but like we'd have to definitely make it look like it wasn't intentional so that I wouldn't lose, you know, my loved ones wouldn't lose insurance. We got to make it look good. An accidental driving off a cliff. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Hmm. And see now that we we were following a group of lemmings. But now that we've said it, we're fucked because we've already given it away. So. This is a joke. We wouldn't seriously no. do this. No, we would not. In case any insurance people are <laughs> listening. That's right. One of the other things that I thought was interesting, because when I started looking at the mental health side of it, because I, like I was talking about before, I was under this assumption that, that you kind of get sadder as you get older. Because when you may, you hear, again, you hear horrible stories of like older people who don't have any friends left because everyone's died and their family members don't come around anymore. Right, right? so you, you see these terrible stories and they tend to, to yeah, stick and with you. Yeah, like old people are miserable. And right. Miserable pieces of shit and, the, you know, the world would be better without them because they're sad. I'm like, no, right. no, 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 no. And, and because, of course, we also don't value old people in our right. society. So you, you see And as this, we've talked, we kind of fear the idea of aging because... There's a lot of not pleasant aspects to it. So. Right. So you have legitimate reasons to not want to age. Then you have the fact that we don't really value old people and we kind of see them as a burden and a joke. And then you have these stereotypes that are out there that exist of the curmudgeons or the, the little old ladies who, you know, end up 
dying with a hundred cats and are, are eaten alive before anyone discovers them because no one <laughs> loves them or goes by. And all this combined. I don't like, want to talk about my future today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I only have two cats at this point. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, then it's okay. They won't eat all of you before someone finds you. You'll have there. I don't know. My, left. I don't know. The one cat eats a lot, so it's a very good possibility he would eat me by himself. <laughs> I can just see him, like, lying on his side with, like, a full tummy, like, oh, and I'm, like, meowing in distress because he's eaten too oh, much. There's just a little bit left. I shouldn't. I can't stop. I can't resist the tender face meat. Oh, Jesus no. Christ, it's got so dark. All right. Um... But so because of because of our view of aging and and we've it's kind of become this thing we all fear, right? I thought, well, surely as people get older, they get more depressed, as I was talking about before. But the research was really interesting because that's actually not true. There's a reason they called it the golden years. Uh-huh. I mean, if you watch the Golden Girls, they have a very they very did have full, a very exciting full. Life. They did. So I mean, shit. I just assumed that was because they lived in Florida. Well. I thought, Is that where they, that's where they, they lived, I think, right? yeah, they did okay. live in Florida. So they probably had, you know, a lot of elderly people around them. And lots of sun. Yeah. Of sun. But it's also Florida. <laughs> if you read stories about this shit that happens in That's Florida, true also. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, and there's lots of humidity and bugs. So you sort of gotta kind of weigh it out right. a little bit. But the golden years are actually kind of true because when you look at, in terms of happiness... Let me see if I can find it. I, oh, where did you go? Basically, what it comes down to is, well, we do actually get wiser and we're better at making moral decisions as we get older. So that actually improves uh, our ability to um, reason stuff out in, in, in terms of fairness and, and what is the right yes, thing to is, do. Are, are they, I'm going to say, is it actually like making better moral decisions or worse? Well, you're supposed to be better at moral reasoning whether or not you actually follow through with that i cannot say good point Uh, i would hope that you would um you're also better at remembering the positive than the negative as you get older Uh, you also have usually an increase in happiness um more of a social life because you don't have kids and stuff like that so you can hang out with people you have more financial security usually Usually, again, no children, right? Or and no, or or they're finally they're gone, so they're the not, right. Yeah. They're no longer financial dependent, de- financially dependent on you. And if you've worked for a long time, you might have been able to build up a decent amount of money. And the highest level of happiness is after age fifty-five. Oh God, that's so far away, though. So on one hand, I was like, that's kind of awesome that I have that to look forward to. So Steve is actually heading into peak joy <laughs> right now. <laughs> What she's trying to say is he's old. Uh, no, he's in his golden years. <laughs> However, my age group is the lowest. <laughs> so for whatever reason, people like in their 40s are really having a hard time uh, emotionally. But they have the 50s to look forward to. So that's good. So I have my 50s to look forward to, but I have to get through the 40s first. Awesome. But you're okay for right now. <laughs> In theory, on average, you should be. Statistically speaking, maybe not you. I mean, if you were normal, if you were like other people, then you would be okay right now. Damn. But, 
I knew there was a reason I should be normal. Yeah. Too late now. Well, you could also just say that perhaps you argue with depression because you're smart. Because typically people who are more intelligent also suffer from depression more. I've always said mental health, like medications, aren't actually improving your mental health. They just make you dumber. And that. that's why you get happier. <laughs> so I said, hey, whatever fucking works. Yeah, this so I've said that before around people who are obviously of the dumber side and they look vaguely offended and i'm like yeah but you're happy don't be upset maybe that's how we could do like iq tests on people like we could get a sense of how smart someone is by asking them how happy they are and if there's someone who's just genuinely happy most of the time we can be like okay you're one of the dumb ones you're on the low end aren't you (laughs) but that's all right i want to hang out with you and see what it's like (laughs) what's it like to be happy explain it (laughs) tell me what is it like to wake up draw pictures if you have to though because obviously you're stupid you mean you don't walk around with, like, a tightness in your chest all the time? You don't occasionally dry heave and then panic for 20 minutes at a time? <laughs> several times a day? You don't cry for no reason? <laughs> I'm so confused. What do you do all day? You feel good every day you wake up? Whoa. <laughs> like, you look forward to getting out yeah. of bed? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> That actual, that discussion came up a couple months ago. My uh, my uncle was up visiting at my grandma's, so it was me, my dad, and my uncle. And actually, and my, and my aunt was there, too. And something came up about life in general. And my aunt, my uncle, and my grandmother all said that every day they wake up, you know, they're excited because it's another great, it's another day. Like, it's another day they're alive. It's another, two. and my father and me both looked at each other with this disgusted look on her <laughs> face. And my dad goes... God, every day I wake up, I think, fuck, I have to do this again. (laughs) And I was like, it's what I think, too. And all three of them just stared at us. And I was like, well, you can tell which side (laughs) of the family. You know whose genes I got. (laughs) Right. Like, I obviously didn't get any of the happy-go-lucky ones that you guys got. I got the grumpy old bastard ones for my dad. I shouldn't paint such an ugly picture. I'm usually okay, to be honest. I may not always be happy, but I'm usually like... In, I'm okay, right? <laughs> but I still, I, I also deal with a lot throughout the day of I'll have moments where I'll start dipping down and I'll start having these thoughts. And I've, I've gotten very good at telling myself, stop it. We're no, not going we're to do this. No following. It's, like it's like a little thread, right? It's like I'm a kitten and this little thread is dangling in front of me and I kind of want to follow it. And I have to like smack my own imaginary hand yeah. and say, no, leave it. <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> leave it and walk away. So that is something that I've gotten better at with age. There are things about myself that have improved with age, and I'm grateful for. So there's, in terms of, of, of better control over, over the compulsions that I have, although I still struggle with, like, when something's really bugging me, I still have trouble not talking about it. Even if it's not appropriate, I want to <laughs> run my mouth. I'm very much that way. I don't think that'll ever go away. Yeah, I... and. I think I've gotten better about knowing when to stop and reading social cues and knowing that, like, oh, this is the point at which I should stop discussing this. <laughs> or Everybody has a glazed over look on their yeah. face. I should stop. Yeah. So I think, I think there are some ways in which, either through maturity or life experience, whatever, I've been able to control certain things like that a little bit more. And I've also gotten to know myself better. So I've mentioned probably, I think, on the very first episode that I understand that my moods just naturally fluctuate. And once I came to terms with that and recognized that 
It doesn't mean I'm ungrateful and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong and that I just haven't figured it out yet. It's just my normal moods. And that once I, if I don't fret over it, then I usually stabilize faster. So the, that self-knowledge that I've gained over years has actually helped me. And, and I, I have very much, especially the last few years where my mental health has kind of gotten worse. And in this last year where, you know, basically someone figured out in my mid-30s that I'm bipolar, which apparently that's a thing I've had for who knows how long and no one figured out. So that's cool. Um when I'm not in a horrible, horrible, horrible place, I am very able to realize that I do better. Like, I can't let myself wallow. If I let myself, and I mean, this applies to everyone, mm-hmm. I think. If I let myself wallow, it just gets worse and worse instead of, like, because I think when I was younger, my thought was, well, if I just go ahead and dive into it and I wallow in it mm-hmm. and I let the misery kind of wash over me, I'll get over it and it'll be fine. I just need to sink into that and let it happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's a moving body of water that once you step in, you know, eventually it'll move yeah, on. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I just need to, instead of trying to ignore it or work through it, I need to just let it happen yeah. kind of thing. And as I've gotten older, I figured out it's not really the case. Yeah. It can be sometimes with certain things that are more you know, specific to a situation like a breakup or something yeah you know i need to just accept this and and go through the the miserable emotions and the negative parts of it and then come out on the other end but in the general mood things where i'm having a really bad you know day or week or month (laughs) um i have to make myself do things because otherwise i wallow and it just it festers yeah it does not like, th- that does not improve things. Laying in your bed yeah. three days in a row in the pitch black and occasionally waking up, rolling over, eating a candy bar, and then falling back <laughs> asleep doesn't really help anything. Though the candy bar's nice. but It's not enough to really lift you out of it. Yeah, no. And I, and I think that if you can be honest with yourself about... I think you have to be self-aware, and I think you have to be honest. And so when you see those things happening, I think that you have to be able to look at it and go, okay, so this might be the start of a bad time. I know i got to do this shit, and even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to suck it up. I've I've come to terms with the fact that I have to accomplish a certain number of tasks a day or I get very restless. I don't do well with boredom. I don't do well with too much downtime. And so I've had to kind of come up with a game plan on how I can give myself a certain number of tasks, not too much that I get resentful that there's too much required, right, but enough that I feel like I'm contributing. So to be honest, I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen when I retire. Fortunately, I don't intend to do that for quite some time. So I hope by the time that happens, I have figured out the the magic method of staying busy, but not too busy. Well, and I have, I've read a couple of things and I don't know because I can't think of anything specific off the bat. I don't know how much, you know, actual study or research is behind them, but things to the effect of people when they retire, especially if there isn't, you know, kind of a set plan, like, you know, my wife and me are both retiring around the same time, and then we're going to start doing this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. There is a tendency for people to retire to decline much quicker. Um, And there's been... At my job, not anybody I knew personally, but people that had been there, you know, 25, 30 years, did their time, retired, and there's been a couple people that have died that were in fine health when they retired, but they died within a year or two after they retired. 
That is a big which, issue with... Which is super depressing, especially because at my job, all the people that are retiring right now are only in their 50s because they've oh done their God. 30 and they're, you know, 30 and done. So there's been all these people that are in their 30s that were not in bad health that within two years of retiring were dead. And I'm like, you're not even... Like, you can't even be like, oh, well, they waited till they were 70 to retire and then they died at 72. It's like, no, they waited till they were 52 and they died at 54. Like, That's seven years from now for me. Well, but you won't retire in seven years. Oh, my God. But that's actually a big problem with the military. That's something that Steve has talked about, that a lot of times when you have people who are lifetime military members, that if they don't have something to do when they retire, that many of them will die within just a couple of years. And I know that that's something that they've even uh, begun looking into at that in terms of providing better care. I mean, you have to figure just the... Especially for someone who's worked, you know, the same general job for 30 or 40 years. It's a completely different change of routine. Mm. And especially for something like the military. That's so regimented. Just, exactly. Regimented and very, you know, everything is done sort of the same way. So to go from doing that for 30, 40 years to, you know, hey, I don't have any set, you know, nothing set in stone today. Yeah. I can do whatever the hell I want. And if you don't, like I said before, if you don't have plans for how you're going to spend your time like you know we're going to travel non-stop that kind mm-hmm. of thing and you just you you, know, you go into like well I'm going to do housework and I'm going to watch TV and you know it's not the same I don't think you're it's not ex- fulfilling yeah either. you're not expending spending the same amount of physical energy or mental energy I mean you know even if you have kind of a tedious awful job or maybe even one that doesn't necessarily use your brain a whole lot you're still using it in some capacity yeah as opposed to you know retiring and kind of going into just a day of whatever yeah that that can bleed into the next if you don't have different things that you have to do yeah and i i also would think especially if you worked at something that you found very fulfilling or that you felt had a purpose and you served a purpose i think losing that sense of purpose could be very very depressing and very hard for people But again, this comes down to, in the research that I saw, it really is about having a lifestyle that allows you to deal with these things in a way that minimizes them. So if you, it's something that you can do at that point, but it sounds like the earlier, the the better. So the sooner you can start doing these things that are going to... Um, help with the aging process, the better that they will serve you. One, because they become a habit, but two, also because especially when you're talking about health issues, if you don't really start taking care of your health until after it's already sort of gone to shit, then then you're not going to be able to prevent things. Yeah, you know, you might be able to lessen them, but... Yeah, not necessarily get rid of it altogether. I had a, a professor at school that had fallen and sustained a pretty serious head injury and almost died. And when I saw him some time later and asked how he was doing, he told me that he was recovering very well at that time. He even went back to teach for a little while before retiring. And I think he was in his 60s when it happened. But the doctors were really surprised with how well he was able to recover. And they said it was because as an English teacher, he was constantly having to use his brain in his job, either with teaching or grading and reading. And he was always doing stuff that essentially exercises the brain. Yeah. That once he had that damage, his brain, because it 
like a, if you think of it like a muscle, had exercised, it was able to heal faster and create new paths back. Quicker. Right, because it it can create new pathways. So even if you have a part of your brain where something is damaged, like there's scar tissue, your brain can learn how to send messages around it and, or in possibly repair it. But it and this is neuroplasticity is something we've talked about before, right. which is kind of the ability for your for your brain to um, continue to make new neural pathways and to be flexible. Yeah. Uh, which can also help with healing. And so because he had had a job for so long where he had to constantly be using his brain, when it came time to heal, he healed better and faster than people who maybe hadn't had a job where they right. thought so much. And that's not to imply that they're not very smart, but it may they may have had something where they, they you know, it was more manual yeah. or it was more repetitive, so they weren't kind of always having to change it up and, and think about things. Yeah. And I and I tell you what, when I get bored, I want to go freaking crazy. Uh, it's something that I don't do well with at all. I don't do well with boredom, but I'm bored a lot, and <laughs> yeah. I generally fix that by not doing anything constructive or productive. And I'm aware that that's something I need to stop doing. Because, again, that kind of feeds into it. It's like, well, I'm bored, so I'm going to do this stuff. And then it keeps being boring because you're doing the same boring shit, like watching TV and, you know, having a drink every single night and maybe more than one drink and just being, you know, kind of like vegging out. Yeah. I mentioned this before in terms of I always need to be distracted, but I have a tendency to fall on habits that... Even though I'm kind of distracted, like I'm watching an old TV show on my iPad and playing a stupid game on my phone, that at the end of it, I don't actually end up feeling better. I end up feeling worse because I don't think I've actually, I think it's a mindless task. You've distracted yourself, but you've not accomplished it. Right. I don't think I've entertained myself. And those are two different things. Like I can distract myself fairly easily, but I think unless I'm actually doing something worthwhile... Either it has to be something that's really engaging me, so that's the only thing I'm paying attention to, which is why reading usually does help. But even then, sometimes, unless it's a really good book, I can my mind can wander. It can wander off. Yeah. If I'm trying to do too many things at once, that that's actually not good either. So I need to find something that's fully engaging and I have to think about or I'm emotionally connected to. Otherwise, I still end up, at the end of the day, kind of feeling bored and restless. Right. So I definitely have to find better ways of distracting myself where I'm either fully engaged mentally or I'm doing a task that I feel, which I mentioned before, I want to do embroidery again, that, hoping that, oh, look, at least I created something. Right. <laughs> I color a lot, which I'm like, look, I did something pretty, but it still doesn't seem like that big a deal because it's like, well, it's not like I made the picture. I just colored it in. But I still think you can get satisfaction from that. Be like, look at my pretty picture. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it has to be amazingly well done. I think that it just helps that you've oh, done I color, you I color within the lines. It's amazingly well col- done uh, color. Uh, forgive me then. Yeah. I, I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, so I was it's not shitty coloring, okay? I was making unfair assumptions and I apologize. I have $30 color pencils, okay? Like, my, my coloring is on point. <laughs> I have very fancy pencils, too. We've talked before. I also have the very fancy adult coloring books, right. which are stressful as fuck for me because they're so way de- too much shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my very expensive colored pencils are kind of going to waste <laughs> because I'll open up one of those pictures and I'll look at it 
and I'll spend 20 minutes trying to pick out the right shade of green, and then I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> or you only color a certain section of green, and then when you go back to it, you don't remember which green you yeah. use, and you're like, oh, God, now it's going to be all wrong. Uh, it's, and it's, then you stress out for that. Yeah. It's the tyranny of choice. I heard somebody use that phrase once, and I'm like, yes, I get that when I have too many options. Right. Like when you go to a restaurant and there's like seven pages in the menu. Yeah, like the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really nice. I have all these options, but I don't need all of these options. Right. I need to dwindle it down. Right. I need to have enough that I feel like there's a variety, but not so much that I feel overwhelmed. Right. Which is why sometimes shopping online for me can be very stressful because I'll get like three pages into the search and I'm like, God, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's I didn't too know there were so many things for this one thing I searched for. I just wanted a pair of blue fucking shoes and there's a thousand of them and I can't handle it. <laughs> They're all nice. Well, I think that at the end of the day, my goal is going to be as I get older, uh, to find better ways of keeping my mind active so that I don't have that decline or that boredom so that once I finally reach a point where I am retired, that I'm not a miserable fuck. <laughs> my goal is sort of to drink and do enough drugs that I've destroyed enough of my brain that I don't realize I'm old. Or you'll die before you get old. Also an option. I'm going to, like, snort a line of coke when I'm <laughs> jumping out of a plane. Like, if I'm going to go out, I want it to be big. I'm kidding. I don't do coke in case anybody I work with hears this. <laughs> we would never. Never. Well, I guess that, you know, that's certainly one way to avoid having to deal <laughs> with getting old. Right. Especially. Just fuck it. Yeah. That, that is my plan. Yeah. Fuck it. Just blow it all up. Yeah. I can't keep it from happening, and I don't think I can make it any better, so I'm just going to make it as fucking crazy as I possibly one can. Of the, one of the women I work with actually has said that if she, I, oh, she said 90 or 99, she, when she turns that, she is going to do a line of coke. Like she's going to be like, I've made it that far, like I can do this thing, like sort of like the people, like if I make it to 100, I'm going to jump out of a plane yeah. kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, I get it. At like, that I mean, point. I'm like, but you know, you could do coke way before 99. I just want to point that out. like. And, you know, I don't know that they're going to send you to jail at that point anyway, because right. they probably figure that you're just going to kick off before right. Look at this old bastard. Just wanted to have some fun. Let him party. Yeah. Why not? Take a couple more bumps, sir. That's all right. There was a story that I heard recently on another podcast that I was listening to where they talked about this guy whose wife was dying, and she was in a um, assisted living home or a nursing home or whatever and she was like I don't want to die this way so he broke her out <laughs> and he took her home and they did a shit ton of meth <laughs> and had a bunch of sex until she finally overdosed and died and that was exactly how she wanted to go out that is and he's totally unapologetic about that's it kind of disturbing but also kind of Sweet. Yeah, I'm really because she didn't want to die there, yeah. so he took her home. I mean, say, I mean, at least like it wasn't like she didn't want to do it, and he was like, "No, this is how you're dying." <laughs> no, he didn't like, force her. In. Fucking horrifying. No, 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 he didn't force her into it. Yeah. It was, it was totally her. Her last wish was to not waste away in this nursing home. So, sex and meth—that's how she went out. And I, I actually have a new plan. So, I'm, 
It's wonderful. And when the cops showed up, I don't remember why the cops showed up. I don't know if he called them and admitted to it. Like, he's not he's not even trying to cover it up at all. He's like, yeah, I did it. And apparently when the cops showed up, he told him, he's like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of guns I own illegally, too. <laughs> so he was just like, fuck it. Completely forthcoming. Like, yeah, I did that. And I got all these guns. And they're not legal. <laughs> so. Uh, that's amazing. You know what? That's. I actually you think that's you, kind of, I actually think that's kind of romantic that he went through all that, and yeah. I, I would love to hear the follow up. I, I would love to know what happens to him. I really hope that he doesn't get in too much trouble yeah. for it. Like lenient on him, hopefully. Except for the fact that there's that whole gun thing. Like yeah, I'm gonna say, the gun thing is probably really the, what's gonna do him in. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, like I don't know that, but I mean, they could in theory, I guess, charge him with like manslaughter, maybe, or I don't know. Yeah. Because he let her, he provided her with the door. I don't know. Yeah. I just hope the guy doesn't get in trouble, but I think he probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I and I mean, hey, if he thinks, if it sounds like he thought it was worth it, so. Yeah. Good Be- on him. Yeah. So that, I thought that was actually pretty sweet. Steve Good job, sir. Will, Steve will joke about, like, if he, if it gets to the point where, where he's just lost it, then I need to just take him out in the woods and just give him his... His gun, and he's like, if I wake up in the middle of the woods, or if I come to in the middle of the woods with my pants full of shit and a gun in my hand, he'll like, I'm, oh, no, I'm not I'm to do. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but Steve, if you do that, I'm not going to get the insurance. So we're going to have to come up with a different plan. Yeah, I'm like, that's just not going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're going to want to know how you got there. <laughs> so <He> wandered <laughs> off, officer. <laughs> With his gun and made a conscious decision to go out in the middle of nowhere, despite the fact that he has dementia. How do you feel, like, have you changed your opinion on, like, how you celebrate birthdays or whether or not you give a shit about celebrating birthdays as you've gotten older? Well, I'm not depressed at birthdays, but I've actually stopped doing things for them other than, like, maybe going out to dinner with family or something. Like, I would... Before, a lot of times I would I would want to have a party or go out or something like that. And sometimes it was really just an excuse to have people over. So it's like, hey, come over. And it's my birthday. So they might feel a little bit more compelled right. to come over. You have to. Right. So like, if it was like, oh, we're just having people over, then the response might be, oh, well, we'll see. But if it's like, oh, but it's my birthday, then they might be more inclined to right. come. So it was kind of like a, hey, this is a good excuse to get people together to see them and hang out because maybe I haven't seen them in a while. But as far as, like, that I did for a little while, off and on, not every single year. But now, I I don't think that I've actually, other than, you know, going out to dinner with family, there's a couple times when friends have said, do you want to go out? So I'll maybe go out with one or two at at most. I I just don't really do anything, and it's been probably since my 40th. I just don't really do anything. And I've never been, excuse me, big on celebrating my birthday, and... I generally every year depressed as fuck at my birthday because I'm like, oh, it's another year that I haven't done what I wanted to do with my life. And here I am in the same shithole that I was in the year. Like, I tend to use birthdays as like a way to, you know, abuse myself <laughs> about how awful I am at lifing. Um, but yeah, I just wondered because, you know, my opinion towards birthdays has pretty much always been the same. Like, I think they're kind of awful. I'm not that excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, like, the month or two leading up to it, I should ask people to go out. Like, mm-hmm. I should celebrate it. And then it gets closer, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't really want to be social, and I don't want to set anything up. And yeah. Meh. 
that's the the hosting stuff like I'm one of those people I struggle I struggle with hosting anyway because one I usually try to do so much before people actually come over I'm exhausted by the time they get here right. so by the time the party happens I'm like I'm fucking tired and I want to go I want to go lie down <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Go home. Yeah. And the other thing is that I also get really weirded out. Like I used to, especially when it would be something where I invite a lot of people. I had a really hard time not thinking that the number of people who showed up was a reflection of like if, if I was a good person. So like if you had a lot of people show up, it's like, look at this. Everybody likes me. I'm such a good person. And if not many people showed up, it's like, oh my God, I must be a raging ass. Why doesn't anybody like me? That's a big issue for me is like my fear is like I'll send an invite out or something like on Facebook and text people and say, hey, this night, you know, like plenty of notice ahead of yeah. time. So, you know, not like last minute, people could find babysitters and things. Right. People like, hey, we're going to go out to dinner. And then like two people show up. Yeah. And I invited like 10. And that's, or worse, like that little kid mentality. No one's going to show up yeah. to my party. And I'm going to reserve that and just be sitting there drinking everybody's water glasses. <laughs> ordering like a fifth cocktail. Yeah, and I've not had that happen yet, but it's a big enough of a fear still. But the, also, the older I've gotten, the more I realize like I just don't want to have a big social thing because right. it stresses me out. And I finally, that's one of the things about getting older that I've enjoyed is that I've gotten to know myself better and I've given myself permission to not like certain things like it's okay I don't have to do this yeah. thing just because this is what other people would do or other people think I would do doesn't mean I'm like, yeah I don't want to do that yeah I'm not going to no I don't I don't have to play these games or or fit this yeah. mold or I am responsible for me and I'm the only person whose opinion I totally give a shit about yeah and although I do want I sort of want to be liked for the most part. I also kind of don't give a shit if I'm liked, depending on who it is and the reason. So people who I don't like very much, I don't really care at all if they like me. Right. Um, if it's someone that I really like and admire, then of course I want them to. Yeah. Um, but by and large, like I have a thing where I want my students to like me. I want to have a good relationship with my students, but at the same time, I'm not going to... That's not my main goal. Like, my main goal is to be, I want to be a good teacher. So if they like me, I want them to like me because I'm good at my job, not just because they like my personality. Because you can be likable and still be a shitty teacher. Yeah. I want to be a good you teacher. You can be not likable and still be a good teacher. Exactly. I had a couple of professors that I was like, eh, yeah. kind of a dickwad. But I learned a lot, and those are the classes that I remember Yeah very specific things from because you know, they were kind of a dick but the class was still good and vice versa you know and some professor was awesome but I don't learn anything in the class yeah and you, and you could kind of tell those teachers too that that were interested in just being popular yeah. and being liked and they didn't really put much into to the teaching side of it yeah and then you had the people who just didn't give a shit. But a lot of times, my experience is the teachers who didn't care also weren't very good teachers. It was, I don't know that I could think of any teachers who weren't likable but were still really strong teachers. I had, but that's also because any that sort of fit that bill, I still liked them because I liked the fact that they were kind of sarcastic assholes. Right. Like I still appreciated that part of them. So while other people might not have liked them and might have been put off by that, I enjoyed I it. And I had some professors that way, too. Like, yeah. they were just kind of colossal assholes, but it was in a relatable way to me. So yeah. I was like, I'm fine with this. Yeah. No one else in this room is, but I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I actually like most people. 
Um, and therefore, because I, like most people, I want to be well-regarded for the most part, but there's only so far I'm willing to go to do it, which is why I'm not a huge fan of groups, I've, which is something I've come to terms with because I, I don't like group dynamics. I don't like how it changes people's behavior. I don't right. like how there's always going to be clicks and you always have people at the top and people at the bottom and that there's always an expectation of, of, of how you should interact. And if you're not inclined to interact that way, you're going to subtly be punished or excluded because right. of that. And you're also supposed to be supportive in the ways they want you to be supportive, but and you're not allowed to um, point out anything... Not supportive. Right. Yeah. Unless it's one of the people on the bottom, and then you can gang pile on yeah. them. This piece of shit. Yeah. So, you know, it used to be that I thought I wanted to be someone who fit with a, had a cluster of people. Not that I wanted everyone to like me be popular in the traditional sense, like head cheerleader bullshit, but in this in the sense of I wanted to have kind of like a group of people who were my, my close friends. I liked right. the idea of having my own people. But once that gets too big, the dynamic changes, right. and I it took me a long time to realize that that actually doesn't work well for me. That I'm not I'm not a joiner, and the times that I've done it, I felt like I sort of lost myself for a little while in order to fit with the group, and that the longer I was in there, the more I was like, this is bullshit. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I know I don't like. The dynamic I don't like who I am and so that's something for me with age I've gained a lot more confidence and a lot more understanding of who I am and what I like and don't like and I've kind of quit doing stuff out of obligation there's so much stuff that I used to do out of a sense of obligation especially as a parent that I, I just kind of laugh at now like no I'm not gonna send Christmas cards like thanks but no thanks <laughs> Or, you know, just other things. And I think it's great that other people do that, and I like receiving them. But I just came to terms with the fact that, like, I can't do that. I have so much other stuff going on. These other things are more important than these things. Yeah, I can't damage my sanity for the sake of doing (laughs) something that's considered a a social norm. Like, if if it's not important to me, then I have to let it slide. But the the one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, which we kind of uh, touched on earlier, was our, our... obsession with youth in our culture and the fact that we often don't value the elderly and that's something that in other cultures you can see you know people who are older were well taken care of and were regarded as wise and and were part of considered a crucial part of the family for a very long time for whatever reason we've kind of stopped doing that I don't know if it's because the family dynamic has changed or if it's because the nature of our culture has changed that we're so focused on like consumerism and, and contribution and if you're not making something or selling something yeah. or if you're not making money, if you're not earning money, then you don't have value. You're just sitting around telling stories about when you were young and being old. We That doesn't do us. You're not contributing yeah. in a way that we consider yeah. it to be meaningful. We can't quantify that. Go away. Yeah, so... I, and I, I'm not a sociologist, and I didn't really research why that happened, but I do think that that's something that has occurred within this past century, certainly. And that's also why you see such a rise in products that are supposed to keep us looking younger, because you can't stop the clock, but yeah, you can say, at least not can, look yeah. like it. Yeah. And the, the plastic surgery statistics were, let's see, it is... A forty-two point five one B 
billion dollar industry. That was in 2018. The anti-aging market was over 42 billion dollars. All the creams and lotions yep. and serums. Yep. And that masks. was that covers products, devices, and services that reduce wrinkles and dark circles alone. That doesn't even. <laughs> that's not even plastic surgery. This right. is just creams and shit that you buy for wrinkles and dark circles. And it's supposed to be up to $53 billion by 2023. That's crazy. And, of course, it shouldn't come as a surprise that North America dominated the market in terms of yeah, consumers sure. because we're obsessed with that shit. And I'm sure the majority of that expenditure is women. Because yeah. women get way more shit about aging than men do, generally speaking. Well, all the commercials are geared toward women. Yeah. They've only, I would say, within the past 20 years, really started having a market of anti-aging stuff that is geared toward men. And you still do not see it. You see stuff about hair. And you see stuff about erectile dysfunction. Right. But as far as those two things go, which are usually aging-related you don't see the same stuff for men. It's right. all marketed toward women. Well, there's that, you know, that kind of mindset that women get older and don't men. necessarily look good, but men, you know, age better and they look so nice. So, you know, they're distinguished. Yes. Women get gray and white in their hair and they look like an old hag and a man gets it and he looks, you know, oh. Yeah, he's a silver fox. Right, thank you, silver fox. <laughs> there, you know, men get older and doughy and it's a sexy dad yeah. bod, right? Like, you don't hear people celebrating mom bod no. at all. Like, no. oh, I really love a woman with slightly saggy tits and stretch and a marks. Little belly, <laughs> a little belly pooch, yeah. There's no, none of that. There's none of that, but a guy gets a little, a little beefy and a bit of a tummy and it's, like, super hot. And right. so there's definitely a double standard. Which is exists with beauty anyway, and I'm sure that's comp- that could be a conversation that we have. But what interests me about this is just the sheer amount of money that we will spend on things to make us look just a little bit younger. And with plastic surgery, it's the same thing. It was uh, facelifts were one of the top five surgeries in the U.S. in 2016. And um, although what was interesting is a lot of that stuff has dropped, and I don't know if it's because we have better products or we're taking better care of ourselves, but I said a lot of them have gone down since 2000. I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're maybe you hear a lot of people talking about like stars that have had fillers that decided they needed to stop doing it because they didn't look like themselves. And so you see people kind of getting flack for taking it too far. So I don't know if that's made some people back off of it right. a little bit. Like maybe we're accepting the fact that you should yeah, kind of there, look. Yeah, there is, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's normal. It's not, you know, something to... It's not a completely undesirable thing. Right. You can still be beautiful and have wrinkles. But one of the things that weirded me out a little bit was some of the stuff that they were talking about that have gone back up uh, is stuff like, well, butt lifts, which isn't necessarily an aging thing that can be for anybody who wants a higher butt. But, like, other types of arm lifts and leg lifts, like, so they'll just take the skin on your, like, hot dog casing and just pull it up. (laughs) Like wrinkly pantyhose? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And this is the one that really bothers me, labiaplasty. So women are having cosmetic surgery on their outer genitalia so it looks better. And it's not for any, it's not for pleasure or anything like that. It's purely cosmetic, so it's prettier. (laughs) That one is weird to me if for no other reason than... Genitalia is not necessarily attractive in general anyway. So, I don't know. The idea of having 
a prettier vulva and it's kind of I don't know I haven't spent enough time looking at other women's to be able to gauge what is and isn't attractive it's just kind <laughs> of right and I'm like now now I'm gonna be paranoid about that should I go home and take a picture and compare it like I don't think like that. paste no. it up next to my laptop no and like scroll <laughs> no. through and be like huh that is one more thing for for you to just like have issues about please don't do that I'm sorry, I'm just, my vulva's not feeling pretty today. I can't do this. Uh, I'm going to have to stay in my house for a yeah. couple of days and deal I'm with the really fact. really self-conscious about my labia. <laughs> the inner and the outer. Yes, the labia majora and the minora. It's all bad. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think that's... I feel like in all the things to worry about as I'm aging, like, I'd like to think... My bits and baubles would be my last concern. Well, now, uh, well, <laughs> too yeah. late. Sorry. Yeah. Now All that money I was going to put towards getting rid of my wrinkles is now going to go towards my vagina. Uh, I wonder if they're going to start making, like, creams for your labia, too. I know they do make some, like, you know, it makes it tighter, kind of, like, if you look on, like, Hustler's oh, website really? kind of thing, they have stuff that supposedly makes it, which I, I don't... <sighs> I don't need farming cream for that part of my body. Again, it's just really not my main concern. Again, if if it's something where, like, you're rebuilding your vagina because something's wrong with it. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, a legitimate medical issue, sure. But just to prettify that, I don't... Isn't that what the jazzling was for? No, that was just to put... That was Gems. just for like the 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 mom's pubis. So you weren't you weren't extending it down. You weren't supposed to, the, to put those on your labia. No, I think it was just the hmm. the part you see when standing up. You know, so just that your pelvic area. You wouldn't want to because I think that would create issues if you extended the gels or the gels the gems <laughs> further down. It, I could see where that could be problematic. I, yeah, because I'm thinking lots of friction and yeah. discomfort and scraping, and then all of them would fall off, and you'd have to get it redone anyway. Yeah, so that's, I think, a trend that has, has died a, a just death. I don't think that's something that needs to return in any way, shape, or form. I disagree. And I'm going to start the new revolution. Well, as long as you're comfortable with your labia. Because if they're ugly, <laughs> we're going to have a problem with that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have ugly labia. Well, apparently you can. <laughs> that's why some women. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can't. You have to fix. Oh, it. you're not allowed. Oh, yeah. you're not allowed it's to. Unacceptable. <laughs> it's not that it's impossible. It's just that it's not yeah, it's, allowed. Yeah, it's not. It's not okay. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up our conversation on on getting old. <laughs> that's a good stopping point. All right. Embr- embrace aging <laughs> unless it involves your labia. <laughs> and don't embrace and it don't at embrace all. That. Fix that. <laughs> However, keep in mind it's not a competition. Because we are all fucked up. Goodbye. Bye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. 
You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.